Hello and welcome to the Fabulous by Design podcast. I'm your host, Evie. I am excited you are listening today. This show inspires and empowers you to take the next step towards a life you can't stop thinking about. I am bringing in people from all over the world with authentic and inspiring stories. People who change their lives from good to better, from miserable to great, turned strategy into hope and became successful entrepreneurs and business owners, living their dream life on their own terms. Grab your favorite note-taking device, lean back and get inspired. I believe that everything you need to create the life of your dreams is already within you. Today, I have the honor of speaking to Maida. She has been more than 16 years in the financial industry in Paris, London, and New York City. And after many life happens events, she has decided to change her career. Welcome to the Fabulous Body Time podcast, Maida. I am excited to hear your story. So please go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience. Hi, and thank you for having me. So introducing my story is... I'm going to start with my mission, I think. I think it's much better than, you know, just to change things a bit. My mission is to help others find inside of themselves that thing that we are all born with that I put a label on and I call that your inner leader, but you can call it whichever <laughs> you want. Some people is their warrior and some people is their healer. But I want people to find that and that inside of themselves because throughout my 16 years in banking and investment banking, and it's a tough job, a lot of pressure, I was struggling to bring that side of me to the forefront and to say, this is what I want. Because my story, as I'm sure some people will also identify with, is someone who I, you know, I was always very good in school. I always didn't really need to work very much to have, to be top of class and stuff like that. And then, you know, you, you finish your baccalaureate or high school. Then what do you do? Well, you go to finance <laughs> or you become a lawyer if you if that's but or, for a doctor, people, Maida. or a doctor or a doctor or a doctor. supposed to be a doctor. It is. It's exactly that. So you have one out of three. And, and then, you know, you, you, it becomes a habit, right? You, you're a doctor. So what do you do? You, you continue being a doctor because in your head, there's nothing else you can do or you can specialize. You can be a better doctor. You can improve yourself. And it's the same thing in finance. You go into finance because at least for me, that was almost like a no choice. I'm no complaints here. It, I had a lot of fun. I made a lot of friends. I got better at a lot of different things. I acquired skills. But at the end of the day comes a time where you have that thing inside of you that says there is something that is not aligned. There is something that doesn't work. And when I was at the job, it, it became almost a joke the number of times I resigned because I just couldn't take it anymore. And that is my way, my self-sabotaging way <laughs> of expressing my frustration, of expressing my anger or my discontent. I, you know, fight, flight, I, I leave. Um, and then I stayed because that's the game. That's how, what I call a game. You, you ask for stuff, they give them to you and you stay. 
but I stayed for the wrong reasons. And the people that I work with, I want them, if they decide to stay where they are, to do it for themselves. Not to please their parents, not to please I don't know what, not because they are scared. Of course, fear is a, is a bit of a, of a factor in everything that we do, but they stay because being in finance, being in retail, whatever, in, in any corporate or even independent, if you stay where you are, it's because this is, and that moment, the best self-expression or this best expression of your soul. So I didn't have the luxury to be mature enough to understand that at that time. And maturity has nothing to do with age, by the way. And I really needed, apparently, to have a stage four cancer and to drop on the floor to have very intensive chemotherapy to continue working because for me, cancer was annoying. It was like, why is this happening now? I have so many transactions. I don't have the time. So I continued working except the only day where I had chemotherapy because it's difficult to work when you have chemotherapy and at the same time. And I did that for a certain time, for a certain number of months um, until really it was obvious that if I continued that way, I was going to have a second cancer and this time I was not going to survive. It was very neat and clear for me that something needs to be done. So back to my mission, that is the whole point is don't wait when it's too late to say, to discover and to say what you want and don't make your choices only out of fear. Fear is something to be considered. Fear is real. We live in societies where you need to earn money, where you need to be healthy. So it's normal, but this should not be your only element of decision and what you do and the career you choose and the job you choose or even the partnerships you're in. Mm -hmm. Thank you for this introduction. Just, I truly resonate with many, many things you say. And the first question Maira, I would like to ask you is, you said you struggled with self-expression. So what comes to my mind, if I think of a corporate world, that on one hand, we might suffer of not being able to express ourselves externally in our job because our work is framed by a contract, framed by strict, strict rules, how the corporate work just works, and it needs to work like that to have these systems in place. And the other side is, is, uh, is internal struggle that I have also experienced myself due to many personal reasons. What was your suffer? Where did you, like, where were you not able to express yourself in your job? It's, it's both internal and external. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that when you cannot find the internal self-expression, it makes even expressing outside more difficult. For a lot of people, and I will answer as well, but for a lot of people, we think that because we live with constraints, with outside constraints, this is a huge limitation and, and, and we can't do anything. It is true to a certain extent, but it is also not true. Um, I grew up in Syria. So talk about heavy structure where you can't say anything, because if you say something, you're basically not going to stay alive for a long time. You and your family and, uh, and all of that. Um, same thing in investment banking. It's a very masculine, laid out, structured 
for a good reason, because there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of churn, and you have to be efficient. So you have to be very masculine in what you do. And for me, um, that I could work with. What I couldn't work with was my self-expression, as in I, I was feeling like trapped in a way, in a, in a golden cage, as in I don't have any other choice, I thought at that time, than stay where I am. And of course, when you look from the outside in, it's like, oh, you have a good job, you're senior, you you have a nice life, you know, you earn decent money. Why why do you complain? Well, of course, it's stressed a stressed uh, environment, but it's fast and furious, it's fun, it's useful. There are a lot of reasons why, from the outside, it looks like it's fun and it's fine. But when internally in inside of you, you don't feel aligned with not necessarily only the job, but with what you are longing for, then this is where you will feel stifled. This is where you feel suffocated. And, and quite literally, if if we go into a bit more of, of the energetics or the symbolics of things, what had to stop me was to drop on the floor because for two years, I couldn't breathe anymore. That was the I had a lymphoma and the lymphoma was malignant in my thorax and I couldn't breathe for two years. So it's very interesting how the outside was also reflecting the inside. And I, and I think as well as humans, if, if we find this, I'm going to call that empowerment. It's not the right word, but I cannot find it. But if we can find this, this empowerment, this courage inside of us to say, this is what I want and have someone walk you through that. And we discover that behind what we want, there is something else in reality. And that something else is what counts and is what's worth the, the pain of healing. Because there is pain and suffering in healing. It's not, it's not always fun. Or when you work on yourself, when you go to therapy, when even when you work with a, with a coach, there, there is some discomfort that is going to happen. But if at that point you decide, well, you know what? I cannot live like this anymore. I can't do that anymore. I feel trapped here. It's not, it's not what I feel I should be doing at this point. And mm -hmm. before leaving, <laughs> don't do what I did. Before leaving, find the source of that because you're not feeling, is a French word, which, which, which is mal-être, not being, um, um, I can't translate that. Probably a dis-ease, not being at ease, not being feeling being. Um, it's very difficult for me to translate this word. But if you feel this kind of overwhelm or not feeling like you are yourself, it's a good time to take a break, to stop. And it could be listening to your podcast. It could be a lot of different things. And just write down what is going on. Because if you don't do it, you're going to be prompted to do it at some point. And yet I'm here to tell you, don't wait to fall on the floor before doing something about it. That's a wonderful mentioning here. This is one of the reasons why I created the podcast. This is one of the reasons why I preach what I preach. Um, you were unfortunate that you had to break down on the floor with cancer to realize like, hold on, something's going wrong. I did feel that already earlier, you know, but we human beings are just sometimes ridiculous that 
we just, you know, allow ourselves to feel bad, to be extremely tired, to be, you know, everything but not feeling well in order to prove that we can, in order to please somebody else or just because we don't see other options. It had happened to me as well. I had to break down too. I had to run against the wall straight with my face, not one time, but two times. And what I appreciated this conversation is to show that it does not need to end like this. There are many, many signs much earlier. So when we when you spoke about that trap you felt in, right? Because you, you said it's it's such a normal thing that if you choose for your career and it was almost a no, no choice, although it was good, that you didn't see your options early enough. It was a world you were put in. It was something you were good at, successful at. And I think that's where so many people don't even see their option. There is no option for me. What I'm supposed to do? I studied finance, so I stay in finance, right? And how did you for yourself choose close the next step? So, of course, you had to feel that hit, unfortunately. But how did you then decide, okay, finance world is not my world anymore. I know I need to make a change, but what I'm going to do? How did that go? Uh, not, not very well. <laughs> really not well. And, and this is why I tell the story as well. Don't do what I did. Um, because I, I knew for me that if I started negotiating with myself, I would be staying there another 10 years probably. So for me, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to cut the cord. I literally just quit. I stayed a bit to make sure because I felt bad <laughs> to, to, to make sure that everything was correct and have someone to succeed me and, and all of that. And then it was, you know, when they talk about the dark night of the soul, it was, it wasn't, it was pitch black. It was, um, it was like, what the heck did I do? What do I do now? I have strictly no idea and it was it was very debilitating for me because I went into a place where I literally couldn't go out of my apartment I live in New York City there's a life outside I just couldn't so what will people think of me I'm a quitter I don't have a job I don't exist don't have a job equal I don't exist I don't earn money equal I don't have the right to have a life so these are very conditioned in me and a lot of people. And I just, you know, went through the motions in a way. One day at a time, I meet someone who tells me, oh, well, this is my acupuncturist who said, well, she has a sister who's doing a, a coaching school. They do energy healing, like Reiki and stuff. And so I went there and it was very different from what I thought it would be because it was a very much like dive deeper into me, into what I want, into what I need, into what I'm hiding for myself. Like and a from much there, more spiritual place that you come from. And totally. it was just like that the world probably very so different that it's sometimes hard totally. to believe that like, where did I end up now? <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> it was it was all of a sudden we were talking about archetypes and about chakras and um it it so the here how you know that it is something that is meant for you is that yes there was a lot of 
heal the healer in a way or heal, the, heal yourself. So that was a very painful part. But it, all the teachings were like, yeah, I know that already. I've never studied that, but like, yeah, I know all of that. All of this I can integrate, I can make mine. And I started integrating and then I did wellness coaching. It's like all of this I already know. And then my sister, who is a hypnotherapist in Paris, um, she's like, you know, you should try this because you're someone who is intellectual and you you want to work with intellectual people. So I added this. And all of a sudden, there is another corporate coaching that arrived at that time. And at that time, I was quite certain in my head that, and it's so important, I was thinking in my head, that I wanted to do wellness coaching. Mm-hmm. And then I just couldn't. I was completely blocked. I just couldn't do it. And I started thinking, you know what? I think that if I were to see where I could be at my best right now is to serve the people who were like me five years ago, who are today like me five years ago. And it became obvious that I speak the language of people and corporates. I know exactly what's going on there in their heads and their bodies and this is where I can help. And it's not because I want them to leave their jobs. I don't, there is this whole thing at some point, it was five, six years ago where, you know, if you don't like your job, just leave it, follow your passion. It's not everybody can do that. And, and second, you can follow the passion as much as you want. Um, if you can't pay your rent or your taxes, there is nothing else to follow after that. Third, for a lot of people, their skills are not in a passion. A passion is a passion because it's it adds. It like it's like imagine if you like food and you like spices and oh, I love spices, so we just eat spices. It's not the same when you have your meal with the spices or the spices only. And for me, for a lot of people as well, your passion is sometimes just that spice, and sometimes it's the whole meal. And this is where a lot of work needs to be done because for some people, their really mission, their mission, their purpose is to be in a corporate and it is to bring their gentleness, um, but also their values, their integrities in these places. At the end of the day, we're not going to get rid of corporates anytime soon, or I don't think so, or it will be a collapse of civilization. So that would be a whole different game. But... I think it's, it is for each of us to be a better person where we are. So we know why we are there. We know why we're doing this job, what is bringing us, where we are impactful to others, where we are off service to something. And that's a big thing to discover. And so we choose to stay in these places rather than like me, where you feel almost like a victim. And I wasn't a victim. I, it's a choice I stayed. But you feel like you don't have a choice and that brings you frustration and anger and, and it ends up badly for everyone because you're not the pleasant person to work with when you're angry and frustrated mm-hmm. or to live with or, or anything. Yeah, either way, either way, if you are not yourself and we have to imagine that we are spending the entire day in our job. There is a lot of time that goes into our jobs, no matter if somebody's working for on for themselves or in a corporate world. It's truly yeah, a whole lifetime goes into that, right? It's just who we are, this is how society works. And I always thought that 
spending so much time there and being unhappy or being like unhappy can be a lot right I just uh, could go in detail of being like not feeling like going there being mobbed being you know not valued or just having the a sense of I don't even know what I'm doing and for who I'm doing it for and why I'm doing it and this happens a lot and then people start changing their jobs trying to find you know um, I would always said a better dark place and it gets darker and darker and darker the more you change the more you start thinking that okay something's not for me however for me personally I very early knew I don't belong in the corporate world but I truly can imagine as you just said that some people might have that feeling of, I do belong here, but something's off, mm-hmm. right? What you said before is that we, or as you finally found what you want to do, wellness was not your thing, that was not your thing. And then you said like, yeah, but it was so close to say like, I can help those people where I come from, right? And sometimes we go on that search and we search for years, we search and search and search, and it needs to be something like extraordinary, uh, something extra, I don't know, a super fancy new education, or it needs to be expensive, or it needs to take years, or whatever it is. We make it so complicated. We blow it so up where it's right in front of you. Yeah. And I think you as well needed to make this journey from wellness over Reiki, hypno, you needed your sister to push you in a direction. And then you realize like, oh my gosh, it's within me. It's within me. I speak the language of the financial world. I know how I felt back then. And I don't want people to feel like that anymore. And this is what I'm going to go for. So my question, and I think this is, uh, might not be an easy question for you to answer as well. Is there a shortcut to this? Because I, what I hear as well from people who are considering a lifetime, decades, to make that jump, to become a business owner, to become an entrepreneur, to leave their job, it's a whole world of overthinking. It's a consuming world of fear and assumptions and hesitations. And then, as you said, we play that game on and off. We feel ready, we don't do it. We feel ready, we don't do it. And it goes on and on and on. Is in your opinion or in your experience, there a way how we can just shorten that journey a little bit? Oh, yes, there are a lot of ways to shorten. Shortcut, I'm not certain there is a shortcut for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think that sometimes, as you said, you, you need to go through that. But you don't need to stay long in these places. So mm-hmm. one of the shortcuts is uh, a bit self-serving, but it is about also working with coaches or therapists or business coaches. I think that you will realize when you do that, that you have someone who will push you to go a bit quicker because they see your self-sabotaging, they see your, your blind spots. You don't see them because you are operating from a state of high and low, of excitement and um, and depression or fear. Neither is good. Operating from a place of excitement is is like being high. <laughs> you don't <laughs> make decisions when you're high because reason needs to come into that. And as to making decisions out of fear, it's not good either because you need to understand what the fear is to under- to dig deeper and then to make to take measures. So this could be one of the multiple shortcuts. I would definitely advise people to 
think about where they are impactful, where they are right now. Mm-hmm. And and as you said, contrary to what you what all of us think, um, and it's very romantic, you know, like we think that we're here to save the earth and to save other people. We're not here to save anything. We're already having trouble saving ourselves. So let's start, with, let's start with with that, um, and making the word ch- we change when we we change the word when we change, we change the word when we are a conscious human, when we are a conscious consumer, when we are careful how we conduct ourselves, when we conduct ourselves with integrity. This is a very good short, shortcut: is know what your values are, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden see how you are not acting or what you are tolerating and you will see things will change they will change and you will receive a feedback very quickly rather than go in the head and should i should i have uh, an llc or should i have this form of business all of this is very valid but if you don't know what you're selling if you don't know who you're selling to if you don't know what you want to do you can you can spend thousands of dollars or euros building companies but it it won't go anywhere so the best shortcut is you Mm. and the best shortcut is to know what you are here to do for yourself first um and very quickly you will realize that everything this is how earth or the universe or the divine or whatever you want to call it is is very well structured in reality is that everything that you are here to do is actually in in a way available for you right here right now mm-hmm. and once Very you see it yes yes and because you know it's like in the past you know we have these hero's journeys where people take their backpack and they go to the himalaya right the 70s all our parents wanted to not all our parents but some of them wanted to go to ashrams and and meditate and fast and yeah, it can work, but you can also live in New York City and go downstairs and you have your grocery stores and say hi and, and see the, the person behind the counter as a human being who is also have problems, also have joys and is, you know, have a soul like yours. And it's, you will be surprised <laughs> what happens. <laughs> and I think this is, this is really it. It's the shortcut is. The overthinking has a place and time, and it's important because this is a serious decision. This is a real life change, and it shouldn't be taken on an impulse. Um, I certainly made my decisions on an impulse, and again, it's not a good idea. Um, there are other ways to do it much better that are a bit softer on your nervous system. But at the end of the day, sometimes what you need is just in front of you, and we're blissfully ignoring it. Because you know what, we're looking everywhere else for someone to save us or someone to get us out of there. But if you don't dress the elephant in the room, it will still be there. You can you can you can change, as you said, corporates ten times and mm-hmm. still be unhappy. And sometimes it has nothing to do with a corporate, and sometimes it has to. For some people, I have I also work with business owners who are freelancers, and it's obvious that they are not made to work in a corporate. They just cannot. But my job with them is to help them as well develop a business where they contract with corporates and speak the language of corporates as well. And that works. And I bring them structure, something that I bring from the corporate world. Because, you know, when you don't, you don't need to wake up at six, and <laughs> why should you, right? 
Yeah, but thank, thank you for mentioning this, mate. I really appreciate it. It was very well on point and a great value. And I love what you said with the elephant in the room. Like you can't escape that animal. And I noticed you can even move countries and this elephant, however they do that, they come with you. Like, right, yeah. if you don't look within, if you don't look what's really bothering, you're going to drag that a lot, uh, like across the globe. I did. You mentioned self-sabotage. I would love if you could mention two signs of self-sabotage that you are constantly coming across and that you see. Like, so we have a little bit more of an idea of what self-sabotage actually is, because I think on different levels, it looks different for different people. Oh, totally. Self-sabotage is something that is exactly that, very different to different people. But self-sabotage is when you feel stuck, but you feel stuck because it's in your head. So some signs of self-sabotage, overthinking. Mm -hmm. Or like me, when something doesn't work the way you want it to work, to just leave, to quit. That is a very big self sign of self-sabotage. So that's like uh, to a, a flight mode, a constant flight. Flight. Mm -hmm. flight mode. I don't want to have this discussion. I'm, I'm very conflict avoidant. I know that. And I'm like, okay, we're done. And that is because self-sabotaging is also when you try to avoid the discomfort of a situation such as making a decision. Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that is to go somewhere else. So you're, you're never really in the present moment. You're never really living or making decisions that could be good for you because it's so uncomfortable that you'd rather be somewhere else. So it's overthinking. This is when you quit <laughs> the present moment and go into looping it's procrastination, it's quitting, it's perfectionism, which is also a form of procrastination. There are so many different ways to self-sabotage. And, and sometimes people will tell you how that, it, that you are self-sabotaging because sometimes it's difficult. Is it, am I resisting because it's my intuition, because there is something off, or am I really self-sabotaging? And it's very difficult to know that for yourself. Mm -hmm. And this is where you need other people. It's like, no, you're messing up your life. Or, well, have you thought about that? Yeah, it just might very well be that we have been self-sabotaging our entire life. And it seems so natural to us to do that. Yes. And to find yeah. an escape, somebody that just needs a, a different perspective. Uh, somebody who just, you know, knocks at your door and be like, listen, stop it. <laughs> this is not, yes. this doesn't serve you anymore. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. The fear of change. It's it's the fear of change, I, I find, and for myself and all my clients, and that's how I identify it. Fear of change is so it's so uncomfortable mm -hmm. that we are ready to stay where we are for a very long time because the only idea of the change is is depressing, is brings you anxiety. This is how we self-sabotage is. When we resist certain things happening or when we go into rages or frustration and we stay there, mm -hmm. it's like, you can do something about it. You know, there are ways, but no, I don't want to do it. Okay. So you just want to stay where you are and complain about it. It's fine too. Sometimes yeah. we need that too. Especially women. We like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, like every good conversation is coming slowly to an end. And I know you could and I could speak on this topic <laughs> forever. 
Yeah. However, I would like to round up with my last question. I would like to ask you, Maida, what do people misunderstand the most about you? Um, I think, I, I think, oh, that's a very difficult question. <laughs> what they misunderstand. I think people think that I have my shit together. <laughs> you, you come across like you would have your shit together. And uh, no, I don't. I don't. And it's, um, it's, I learned. So when I was really uh, younger, it used to be, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll improvise. I will be fine. And then with time, it was like, no, I need to work for that. So yeah, no, I don't have my shit together. <laughs> Although I have a lot of solutions and a lot of tips and tools, but I'm I'm also a human being who fails, who falls, and it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's truly fine. Yeah, I think this is what makes us human. So, dear listener, if you have listened to our conversation, you liked it, it resonates with you. You will find all information about Maida and how you get in touch with her in the show notes. And don't hesitate to share this conversation with someone who you think might need it, with someone who might find help or comfort in these words we have just shared. And Maida, let me ask you before we say goodbye for now, do you have a last thought you would like to share with us? Trust yourself that whatever happens, you are resourceful and something good will, will come out of it. Just trust yourself. Thank you. This is powerful. I just got goosebumps. Thank you for being vulnerable with us, for sharing your story, Maida. It has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me and the pleasure was really mine. Thank you. <laughs> hey, do you want to create fantastic reels with unique captions quickly? This script has saved me time and brought back the fun of creating reels. The writing, transcript, editing and recording program automatically detects errors, arms and speech gaps and much more. I became an affiliate of this script because it eliminates the sucky part of real and video editing and adds much value to my work as a coach and creator. You can try this script for free by clicking the link in the show notes and reach out to me if you need help with your first edits.